This is Multinew Media. Hi, everybody. I'm Chase Raz, and this is episode 100 of Multinew Media. Chris Ayers, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm wonderful. Happy 100 if episode, whatever you call it, centennial episode. I was going to say centennial is the correct term. Centennial, yes. And um, we we really just want to get into the material today. So is it all right if we kind of cut some of our chit-chat and keep it all on point today and move straight into our, our first topic? Definition of the day. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. Uh, so behind the scenes, I don't have audio tags for some of our segments anymore. I got rid of them. And that's exactly what we want to do. We want to do a definition of the day. So, Chris, what are we trying to define for everyone out there today? GDPR. That's the European Union General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR. Why do I need to know a definition of GDPR? Well, it's the biggest change in data protection laws for the past 20 years and even if you don't live in Europe and you're not part of the EU uh, if you're a business owner or it will probably affect you in some way if you're doing um, transactions online so this isn't just for you know the techies at Microsoft and Google this is for me you know trying to create a sales funnel and trying to collect email addresses and and run a website yes a hundred percent. So the, some of the biggest changes are the, the law is going into effect in May, um, but it includes things like the right to be forgotten, the the right to like access your data and, and see how a business is using your data. Um, it includes strict protections on like having the data encrypted and secured with key, you know, all the stuff that you hear in the news constantly, Target and, and Panera, where all the the information is being stolen, credit cards, names, addresses, emails. These data breaches are a big, scary thing, and, and they keep happening over and over again. And so this kind of – they keep saying it's, it's like a one-stop shop. They've kind of put everything into this one rule and – you know, it's you got to keep the data safe. You've got to keep it protected. You've got to be able to delete it and show them how you use it, like how you access it. You can give them, you know, the data that they want, you know, that you have on them if they ask for it. So just something to be aware of. Um, and the fines are kind of strict the, the if, fines if, are, if you screw yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about those for a moment. What I see here is that you can be fined. If you are in breach of the European Union's GDPR, you can be fined 4% of your annual global turnover. Or 20 million euros. <laughs> and, and this is a kicker, whichever is greater. Yeah, so... so <laughs> this is going to be bad for a small to mid-sized business. Right. So, I mean, think about five, ten years ago when, you know, Mongo and NoSQL and all that... People would just spin up databases in the cloud and put data in them. Remember, like the voting records of like some Central American country were accessible from anybody anywhere, right? With no password. Well, we don't. We, the, yeah, we want to avoid that. Don't do that. Right. That's don't, bad. Don't do that. 
But but more than that, I mean, we're talking about companies um, even here in the United States that may do some business with the European Union or maybe you're one of these people who really likes to foster these online email lists and you have people who live in the European Union. You're now subject to this. Now, of course, whether the United States is going to, you know, turn you over, or allow you to be um, uh, penalized under this. You, you might not be able to set foot in Europe if you violate this rule and then uh, skirt it by staying here in the U.S. But but you're subject to this even if you're a citizen of Australia or the U.S. or India, if you have information on people, citizens living in the European Union, right? Yeah, the biggest thing is. You know, if you you have accounts or you, you gather addresses, um, be very aware of the emails and individuals who live in the EU, and um, you might need to uh, look at the options. I, I, but this this term GDPR is going to come up a lot in the next couple of months. It'll probably be brought up a lot. After that, after it takes effect, so um, just start being aware. Yeah, so what I would suggest doing is go to eugdpr.org. I know that's a lot, so EU for European Union, gdpr.org, and you can get all sorts of information there. That is the official site for this regulation, but the bottom line is notify folks if there's a data breach within 72 hours. Uh, you have to communicate to anyone who inquires of what their information is being used for and what information you have. They have your customer base has the right to be forgotten. There's the right to data portability and the right to uh, what's this? Maybe you can help me with this, Chris. I, I don't know if you've encountered this term or is this new terminology with this uh, regulation. What is privacy by design? This is the way um, they're referring to I think privacy by design refers to like you have you use security on all the network protocols so you know the little lock ssl you have strong passwords um and encryption on all your backups and you know things like that okay there's there's privacy and security kind of built into all the layers of the system but um that makes just kind of building on that a little bit um aws so amazon if you do cloud hosting through aws and Microsoft, if you do cloud hosting, uh, cloud hosting through Azure, even Google, if you do GCP, um, they have salespeople and support people who can help you do assessments to see if you're you're ready for GDPR and if you have some concerns that need to be addressed. Yeah, so if you're on Google Cloud, AWS, Rackspace, Microsoft, you may want to reach out to your uh, contacts. If you are a smaller client with theirs, just reach out to their support and ask them who you can talk to or what information they have available. If you're on a Wix, Squarespace, you know, those types of things, you may want to go and check those sites and see if they're ready for compliance and what they can do to help you with that. Um, But your definition of privacy by design is really helping because the EU itself talks about um, the controllers of this data that's collected, uh, making sure that their systems are designed to enable uh, to be able to take that data and securely process it, but also to minimize. They talk about data minimization of minimizing to the absolute bare minimum amount of data necessary to operate. Right. So. You know, if if you're just doing a mapping application, maybe, and and you kind of map out which countries all your users are from, you don't need 
their email address and phone number and their order history, you know, maybe you just need their city and state yeah. or, or country of origin. Like, do you, do you need 20 fields or do you just need like two? Right. We, I, you know, I used to tell people, I used to tell students specifically, I wouldn't say this to my, my company uh, clients, but to students, I would say, you know, how much data do we want to collect? Well, we want to collect everything. How much do we really collect? You know, everything that's feasible that we can fit in that we believe might have a correlating factor. And now it seems like some of this regulation is saying we might want to challenge some of those correlating factors potentially. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at the breaches where things get leaked and you're like, how did they find this information or how did they get exactly. this or where did this come from? So EUGDPR.org. Microsoft and IBM and other tech companies also have websites for this. Just do a, uh, a web search for those company names plus GDPR, the letters GDPR. And the thing I like about IBM is they have this beautiful countdown clock to the second that this regulation takes effect. Now, it's um, pretty nice. Yeah, sorry for the pause there. What did you say? I said it's pretty nice. It, it is. So everybody needs to know GDPR. And I want to spring something on you here, Chris, because we had a big chat about you, not you, Chris, but you, the listener. This is we talked about the listener all day yesterday, didn't we? Well, I guess all afternoon. Yeah, a couple of hours. We, we sat down and we talked about our listeners, what we can do to better serve you, to better support you. And I want to get to all of that. But I think I think there's something you mentioned to me the other day that would serve our listeners before we talk about why we were mentioning all this and how we can serve our listeners better. So speaking of GDPR, you mentioned that we should do a segment from time to time, and I love the name you gave to this thing. You called it Format C colon. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't want to do this in a big voice. I'd, I'd love to do some of these, but the reason I'm bringing this up with GDPR is you were mentioning to me the other day that there's some company, and I cannot remember who you said. I, oh. want, I want to I want to throw them under the bus Mira. because you were talking about one of our restaurants here in the United States, and I believe internationally, essentially violating GDPR accidentally, like like most companies do. It's an accidental thing, but giving out essentially all customer data uh, that anyone could want to find. It was uh, yeah, it's been in the news a lot lately. Um, I remember who it is now. It was uh, Panera Bread. So sorry, Panera, but we're throwing you under the bus in this format C colon idea of things you should never do. And so, Chris, what is it? What were they doing? Because well, I, I mean, actually on the hadn't website, heard of this. You could put in your phone number and it would pull back like your loyalty information, but it would also pull back your name and your address. You know, if you had one associated with your account. And your email and if you had ordered food from them and associate with your your loyalty card it would pull back what you ordered and what you paid and the last four of your credit card at the store and so it would just by entering the phone number just by entering the phone number yeah so you could just sit there and put in random phone numbers and you would start gathering real addresses on real people yeah, that and is real emails and 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 real last four of credit cards and then that's that's really bad. I mean, I, I don't exactly know Panera's operating footprint. I don't know if it's in the European Union, but that's a quick way to hit one of these uh, twenty million euro fines pretty quickly. 
Yeah, I, I mean it's um, it's pretty scary when you think about it. Yeah, when you think about how much data uh, is being released with a, with a couple of simple queries that can easily be automated. Like like a a malicious person, a, a bad actor, a hacker, could write a tool or or script this to just go through every number and just keep spamming their system. Yeah, I mean, you you can probably imagine in everybody's mind right now, we all have the the bad corny uh, Cambridge Analytica jokes going through our minds as well of what happens when the bad actor isn't even infecting your system, right? What if they're just infecting the ad networks? So we we do have this big concern right now about my information and my data. It's mine and it doesn't belong to anyone else unless I say so. So uh, looks like the European Union is really stepping up and taking charge of this. And uh, companies like uh, Panera that were unfortunately having to throw under the bus, they they should definitely take heed. Yes. So the the title of this episode not that we're um, doing some type of rapid fire. We just needed to absolutely make sure that we put those two pieces of information in as we got started today because they're crucial to our mission. And Chris, we sat down and talked about our mission, and that's why this episode is called Mission 100. Here at 100 Episodes, we don't want to sit and pat ourselves on the back. We want to ask the question, you know, who listens to the show? How can we help the people who listen to the show? And um, what type of value can we offer going forward? Because so many times you listen to podcasts or you see YouTube channels and it's all a bunch of um, talk and the talk is fun. I love talk. I love the chatter. We'll, we'll definitely um, do more of it on different episodes. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> Gotta like and subscribe. Yeah, mash that like button or mash subscribe. God, I'm so tired of hearing YouTubers say that. But we sat down and talked at length about this. And and what are some of the things that that you feel going forward you want to dedicate yourself most to um, to in order to help people who listen to this podcast? I, I really like talking about capabilities, uh, like the capability of of software technology for trying to accomplish a goal. You know, if if. Um, we're, I'm trying to spin up a business or I'm, I'm, I'm going in and trying to advise someone on, on how to accomplish, um, let's say, you know, like a, a, a mailer. They want to have a mail campaign or they want to do some sort of e-commerce through their website or they're just looking for basic hosting. I really like to show the different capabilities that are available through different hosts, different options, you know, give them the information so they can make good decisions on their own, like what works best for them. Um, you know, tr- trying to give them advice and, and, and try to show the pros and cons or, um, or even maybe steer them away from things that, Maybe it's the deep end. Maybe it's just something that's really, really technical. And unless you're going to be uh, focusing on that full time, you're going to be allocating too much time and energy or money uh, playing with this piece of technology that maybe is not really accomplishing what you need or is now you're losing sight of the goal of your business and and, and focusing on that technology. I love that you're talking about all of that because in order to answer that question myself, 
when we spoke yesterday, I hadn't pulled some of the comprehensive overall, every single episode, how many hits and what, um, per, uh, you know, completion percentage people have listened and download, uh, downloaded the files at. And when I went back and looked through, you know, we had talked about doing that yesterday. We said, you know, we really want to try to help people make the choices that they have to make in their business every single day. We want them to be able to go in and talk to their developers or move on uh, move on with their development project in a way that they feel that they know more, that you, the listener, know more about what you're doing for having spent some time with us here on the podcast or on our Facebook group or on our website, wherever that touch point may be. We invite you to all of them. But when I looked back through the episode listings, I think um, here's where I'll pat ourselves on the back a little bit. We're focusing in in these next hundred episodes in the exact right place because the episodes that have performed the best are okay. A few um, interviews aside, because Carl Pullian can can um, bring an audience like nobody else. But um, uh, beyond that, things like understanding advertising and rapid mobile prototyping. Even esports and working from home, native versus hybrid apps, these types of episodes that coincidentally we were all doing back in the the um, the 30s, episode 30 to 40. Those types of um, topics are really ranking highest in our listing. And I think that's the type of stuff we need to commit ourselves to moving on with, to moving forward with, because, you know, you're a, you're a full time tech consultant, right? You you're in the field working on this stuff every single day yeah i'm an educator by trade i do consulting and i provide corporate trainings and i know christopher woodward has been in data analysis for analysis for god 20 something years at this point uh and he's also an educator so i i i think that this would be a great time to give an all call anybody who's looking for any type of information advice you need us to talk about a particular technology maybe you have a developer pushing you in a certain way and you're just not sure maybe you're not sure how to get that really great website and you're comparing cms or hosting platforms we want to be able to help you so jump onto facebook facebook.com forward slash multi media jump on a multi media.com listen to the podcast this is what we want to do in the next hundred episodes is be here for you yeah the, there's no need to be intimidated by uh, technology or the, the the many many choices to do um, the same task you know on Amazon on Google on Microsoft uh, on your own computers do it on Linux do it on uh, Windows Th- there's pros and cons there, there there's ways to understand it and look at it there's questions to ask uh, outside developers or people that you might hire or ways to do it yourself. A lot of this is going to be education, defining terms, uh, discussing pros and cons of things, um, trying to talk about capabilities and accessibility and usability, you know, the buzzword bingo of the day. Yeah, I, I like that. And and I think that's a good commitment. And so for anybody wondering, you know, what, what are these guys going on about? We really want you to know that the purpose of this episode is we're recommitting ourselves to the things that you, our listener, our, our friends here in the podcast and blogging and website world that you have indicated to us are most important to you. Now, with that, uh, I've got to I've got to ask a couple of things. Chris, you ready for this? 
yeah, bring it. We're going to have to cut some of the sci-fi talk, and we're going to have to cut some of the... Uh, now, I we'll probably have to keep Nerd Out November just for fun. But, um, you know, I, I, I've been told that I tend to go on uh, some sci-fi benders here and there, and, and I've got to admit that when I look back on those episodes... I'm not sure they're the right thing for what we're trying to accomplish here, and I think they may send the wrong message. So as much as we all want to connect on those things, I think maybe the Facebook group or the website or the discussion at the bottom of blog posts and podcasts on the website, I think maybe that's a better place for it. What do you think? Yeah, um, there's always people out there who want to chat about sci-fi, but um, like you said, if we're, we're going to be kind of laser-focused on on the message that we want to uh, share and the viewpoints that we have on things, me from technology and you from business, I feel like that has a different place. I think our biggest challenge going forward, and I'm not trying to add any levity, and I mean this, from the sense of as business and technology commentators and practitioners we almost are going to have a little bit of fun i would imagine because you were joking about like and subscribe like and subscribe and we are we're kind of in that mode ourselves where we want i think our our reach to be more organic uh, instead of trying to go out and advertise and say you know look at me look at me you should listen to our show and get some large listenership i think it'd make a lot more sense to focus in on you, the listener, the person hearing us right now, and engage with you and ask you directly, you know, we're here together already. What is it you need from us? And Chris, when we talked the other day, I know we opened it up to all sorts of stuff. You know, we have the podcast. We have um, blogging starting to make its way back. We've talked about some other platforms that we can we can uh, help engage with people. But even something like um, wanting to do a type of call-in Uh, show we could do that we can do all sorts of things so I just want the message of this episode to be extremely clear we're here for you we see in the analytics that you're listening we see when you're not listening of course that sounds creepy doesn't it speaking of the right to be forgotten well okay we don't see you we see the numbers that you're leaving and we know you're there we thank you for listening and we just want to let you know that we are committing over the next hundred episodes to bring you more of what you love and less of what you don't and one of the things you probably don't like is me droning on about this. So, so Chris, what are your thoughts? I think we need to be <laughs> clear about um, the avenues of contact and places where people can ask questions. Wonderful. So that we, we can start tailoring the direction a little bit more towards what people need rather than we, what people might think – rather than what we think people need. And, and that's that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, I'm going to, you know, it, it's that point of the episode. A lot of uh, what we're talking about up to this point has been pre-planned, not pre-scripted, but we, we kind of knew what we needed to say. Here's the yeah. point where it's not. This is just me off the cuff uh, being honest with you. I don't want to push some particular group or some particular thing. And I think it's really important, though that people can communicate with us and not only that not that we're the hub of this that people can communicate with each other of the folks that listen to this show i'm sure there are wonderful opportunities to help each other out right now we are using things like um facebook comments on the podcast and blog episodes at multinewmedia.com 
And if I'm fully honest here, the Facebook group, um, there is a Facebook uh, page that uh, I, I haven't turned the groups on publicly, but that's because the page does not get a lot of traffic. I'm not interested in inciting people of asking, you know, please, please, please go go to this page, go to that page. So I guess where I'm going with this is right now, I think one of the best points of contact to let us know what type of community you're looking for, if at all, is feedback at multinewmedia.com. That email address comes straight to me. I can forward information to Chris. Chris, if you wanna if you wanna jump in on that, I can add you. That is a shared mailbox. I could add you, but it's yeah, it's I mean, got the, a lot the, of fluff the, you probably don't want to see too. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing is we we both we're not a sales guy for some website or product. We're not a reseller or a partner. We're not trying to push an agenda. Um, I personally, because I'm a consultant in my my normal day to day business. I get not frustrated, but it worries me when I see people that that don't understand technology and are afraid to ask and and they start making assumptions about what things will do or what they mean. They think that, oh, if I do this buzzword, it's now the silver bullet that will save my business. Or mm-hmm. um, if I implement this thing that everyone's talking about, I will now suddenly double my sales or whatever and it's it's people hear terms or software or technology uh, on the news but they don't know what it means but they just think this is what i need this is the thing i need and you know i i really like having a chance to talk with the managers or the ceos or the cios and and start explaining the advantages and disadvantages of a technology and that sometimes, yes, this will help you. And then other times, well, looking at your business and looking at how you interact with the users and looking at how you you conduct your sales or, or your manufacturing, um, this is how this technology fits. This is the, the peg that this tool fits into. And I don't see you know that round hole here in your operation. Like we could kind of force it in there and maybe make it work but I don't think it would buy you anything and then you would just be spending resources to acquire it to implement it to, to learn how to use it and it's better spent focusing on the things you do best and and so there's always that trade-off but it, it's good to have a conversation about it rather than just say this is what I want I want to go 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 so that's why I'm here that's what I want to do I want to help educate and make sure that people understand the options in front of them and that the new shiny is not always the best. Sometimes it is, but not always. Sometimes. And you made me think of a couple of different things and and I'm going to bite my tongue on them because a few of them, we, we had a private conversation about a couple of companies that are out there that are acting as if they're the next, you know, the, the greatest thing in the world about, marketing or tech supply or you know just these types of companies and I certainly have to say I'm with you I don't want to be that and I do um, do business online I'm a professional educator I do corporate trainings live trainings I've moved into the asynchronous online and I'm like you what I'm looking for in this type of venue in a podcast is look I mean there's no question about it I would love to connect with everybody that's out there that everybody that listens and I'm I'm an introvert myself when I'm off air or out of the classroom and um, I, I know that I'm the, I'm the type of person that listens to a podcast and doesn't reach out. But at the same time, 
I know that occasionally I need that community to serve as just really a, a helping hand. And so that's my interest here and where if anyone has ever wondered, you know, why is he pushing this uh, Facebook connectivity when when nobody's there? It's not an active group. I really do see that as a convenient place. And I know that's something that we're all, especially the host of the show, uh, guests that come on and and especially you, the listener, we're going to have to have a conversation about that because so much of our listener base has this um, well-founded, eroded sense of trust in Facebook these days. So Facebook may not be the correct place going forward. It may be. And I'm very curious on people's thoughts about that. If they'd, you know, maybe you are an introvert, but you just like to drop a one or two line um, email to feedback at multinewmedia.com and let me know. Uh, I'd, I'd much appreciate that because, you know, I struggle with this at the end of the day, too. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting, staying up awake at night thinking, you know, I've got my job, I've got my consulting, I've got my small business. And still at the end of the day, sometimes it's a podcast that keeps me up. And it's, is it the right thing to keep using Facebook? Is it the right thing to keep trying to funnel people? into you know this that or the other place when what we're really here to do is help people make decisions in their everyday um, life and or really their everyday business operations of uh, you were talking about buzz terms and I I could not help but to think about (laughs) react everybody's on react right now and I know it's a wonderful technology and we'll have to talk about it in an episode coming up but so many people are on it just because they hear it from other people well, think about three years ago. How many people are on Angular today? Because everybody just talked about Angular. Right. And now Angular uh, is, uh, what are we still on, four? No, we're on five. And we're on five now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're we're going to have to do a development show coming up because I, I somehow missed the train change from four to five. But um, but that's, that's the kind of thing, right? Wasn't it uh, four that completely departed from how one and two work? No. Uh, Angular 2. So, so. Oh, I don't well, want to get you started on this. Quick answer. But Angular JS <laughs> was Angular one. When they went to Angular two, they re-implemented it in TypeScript. Right. And that was a big departure. Okay. Yeah. So we'll come back to these going forward. But that's the type of information of me, you know, keeping that role as a business person, you keeping that role as a developer, and coming into the middle to figure out how we can help people every single day be efficient, get get their operations uh, as as much as possible. And Chris, I, I want to wrap this up. I don't want to go a full, you know, 40, 45 minutes like we normally do because this truly is just a rededication and that can be painful to listen to admittedly. But I do want to have a little bit of fun with this. You, I, I don't know how comfortable you'll be with this. Tell me if you want me to edit anything out. Okay. But um, we really came up with something that not for the show, but that we want to bring into the show. And you and I were talking about how do you rate business technologies? And we started coming up with the different metrics that you might use just, just for us internally. And it, and it kept building and building and building. And finally, we thought it's something we should bring here. But we ended up in this wonderful place because we ended up in something called Capu. Are you okay if I talk <laughs> about Capu right now? Yeah, 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 man. So Capu, we, we started <laughs> listing all of these ideas of um, it's C-A-P-U, just like it sounds like. Um, capability, analytics, profitability, and usability. These four metrics. Now, I don't want to go on. I'm not trying to describe this right now. I'm really getting to a different point. 
And the more we're looking at this, the more we're thinking about it, like, yes, we we have a great rating system. We can now determine the technologies for ourselves to deploy and how we might, can you know, talk to them with, with clients. And then the more we brought it into the show, the more we were looking at these terms and you kind of had this epiphany. You looked at it and you go, Capu, huh? What's the personal connection to Capu? Uh, when I was a kid, um, my family moved to Italy and I lived in Naples, Italy for a few years. And um, when we first moved out there, we actually stayed in a hotel on the military base. And I would go outside the hotel and kind of just play around. And there was this this stray dog that kind of started hanging out with me and befriending, you know, and I befriended. And when we moved to our house, um, a couple miles away, my family came back to the hotel and we, we found the stray and, and brought him home. And it was a German shepherd that was kind of uh, – brown and, and, and gray and uh, looked like a cappuccino and so we called him capu and so we're, we're sitting there and and I think not not to say you didn't recognize the connection in the word between your your childhood dog but we had all those words in a different order when we put them in this particular order made that connection and I, I thought yeah this is absolutely great so if you hear us talking about some strange rating system that we use, maybe behind the scenes, maybe we'll bring it onto the show, and you hear us sounding like we're having seizures on air talking about Capu, um, it's something that it, as soon as Chris told me that story, uh, I knew we just had to go forward. That was our rating system. We already believed in the words. We put them in the right order, and that connection was just so serendipitous. It's wonderful. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful when you can get a sense of ser- uh, serendipity like that. So I wanted to... Uh, end on a high note in honor of your childhood dog <laughs> Capu. All right, anything yeah. else, Chris? I think this is a good uh, good first start uh, or re- rededication. Rededication for the next 100 episodes. Here's what we'll do. We'll sign off right now. We'll come back next episode and instead of talking about any of this, we'll hit the ground running and we'll move in to these types of ideas and technologies that you need the most in order to make your business the most successful it can be to make yourself as successful as possible and focusing on those elements of the business capability that we can provide through utilizing technology, the ability to analyze and create um, all sorts of, of information and knowledge by utilizing technology, profitability, of course, and usability, because quite frankly, you don't want to use something that sucks. And, uh, and uh, Chris, you can laugh at me because you know I'm going through a Slack versus Microsoft Teams decision right now, and it's not fun. Well, you know what? I think that's a topic for our next episode. Sounds good. We'll see you in episode 101 for Slack versus Microsoft Teams. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.